I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together, we're Lippy and Grumpy do podcasting. In this episode, egg balancing, a smoke alarm tale, the laughing duck, giving flowers and short passwords. Now, Lippy, we've got a lot to get through this week. Yes. Nevertheless, you have a piece of very exciting news. Very exciting news. So I think I said last week we were going to see a house that we absolutely loved from the pictures. And we got there and it it needs a little bit of work, but in like a nice way, in like a make it your own kind of way. Um, So we put an offer in and it got accepted. That's fantastic news. Well done. I bet you're... (gasps) So excited. I can see you're excited. I don't need to bet. I can see it. So, so excited. And we also had it accepted. We also offered on the condition that they cancelled all further viewings and uh, took it off the market. So no chance of someone else offering. That is superb news. Super excited. Now we have a lot of money to pay. (laughs) Yes, that's the only thing. Yes, you're just shoveling cash out the door at a phenomenal Mm. rate. Yeah. So is there much of an onward chain? There's a mix. it's, It's a bit... Because at the moment, you aren't allowed to view a house unless you have an offer on the property you're selling. Oh, I didn't know um, that. Yeah, because of a number of things. They don't want people time-wasting or viewing mm. houses for the sake of it. So you have to prove that you've got an offer before you can start viewing places. Okay. So they've only been able to start their search now that we've they've accepted our offer. But they have also said... Because obviously the stamp duty is still, well, it's not free for us, but it's reduced until the 30th of June. That if needs be, and we are looking like we will be done before the 30th of June, that they would move into their parents' house. So that we could exchange fully and have the keys and everything. So we just got to see how it goes, to be honest. Excellent. Hopefully we'll be in in the next few months. Excellent. Well, I'm sure you'll keep our loyal listeners up to date with honey pig with yes with i've l- i've saved all the links to all the furniture we're buying i know what paint we're getting <laughs> it only happened on friday so trade magnolia it's the only color you no, need No, white is the new magnolia no no, no it is so white's big mistake magnolia perfect no i don't like magnolia because well, i want a forest i want a forest green well, this isn't my house, is it? So oh, that's true. I want a forest green feature fireplace. We've got like a, it isn't a fireplace, but it's the, we have the chimney. So I'm going to paint that forest green, but that wouldn't look right next to magnolia. It needs to be next to white. Or like off white, um, not like white, white. Like you can get different variants of white. Creamy white or magnolia as it's known as. No, like a blacky white. So it's white tinted with black so that it, darkens you're, the white you're, you'll not... learn when you see how much it is per litre you'll learn <laughs> well you should speak to mother then because she's trying to get me to buy farron and ball paint to do the whole house i was like no thank you. you you know why because i say no yeah and convinced her that actually wicks trade magnolia is a much better proposition anyway moving on moving on so we've had a, an email as ever from davros yes he was quite taken with the egg balancing mm. and raises an interesting question. If you can balance an egg, and we'll come on to that in a, in a very short period of time, will it balance at the vernal equinox in the autumn, about 22nd mm. September as well? 
So for those who perhaps didn't listen to last week's podcast episode, uh, Nippy decided that um, she'd taken a sudden interest in the stars, particularly the spring equinox. And one of the things that she'd found is that you can balance an egg on its bottom on the spring equinox. So at 9.37 on Saturday, we attempted this and we put a little video up on uh, various social media and I'll add it mm. to YouTube as well and on our website. And although this is a bit of a spoiler, it didn't work very well, did it? No, I think I came to the conclusion that if it was going to work, it was because of the egg, not because of the time of year. Because <laughs> you could get an egg with a flatter bottom, in which case well, you it could may if you stand. Looked, yes. Mm. Well, you could have done, but I think... The, the object of the exercise was to prove whether it was complete bunkum or not, and it is complete bunkum. Oh, yeah, bunkum. it was. It, was, yes, it had absolutely. nothing to do with the spring equinox. No. Well, yes. So you could do it all year <laughs> round with the right-shaped egg. Yes. So um, also equinox, I suspect, probably the same. Or unless, because it's the autumn one, it's the other way round, you can balance the egg on the top. I would have thought, and this is pure guesswork, but I would have thought it's probably the solstice where the sun is furthest away or closest to mm. us would be the one to do. So maybe we should try it in June. Maybe. We'll give it another go. <laughs> Mind you, it'll be after the 21st of June, so we'll all be out partying, so that's, that's not going to happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, Davros, whose driving's not his favourite activity, let's put it that way. Mm. And uh, I suspect it's the little wheels on his little trolley that he moves around in, for those that are Doctor Who fans probably get caught in all sorts of <laughs> potholes. <laughs> And things like this. So he's um, not not too keen at uh, at waving at other drivers. No. There are exceptions, though. And uh, it was a horse box that uh, had been driving quite slowly and pulled over. And um, he claims this never, ever happens. We'll not get into that discussion. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Particularly with a... Uh, Yes, daughter who's into horses, but let's leave that. So he he did give them a wave and a little bit of a toot. So um, yeah, no, so not it has a toot. happened. Not I know a you toot. shouldn't. No, he said. Oh he no, didn't it wasn't. Toot. Sorry, no, he didn't toot. He no, did his right. little indicators. He did the indicator. I, I yes, yes. I beg your pardon, don't don't, Ross, toot don't exterminate me. No, I was just thinking that that's not right. But um, <laughs> no, he didn't toot. I misread oot rather than toot. Ah. Uh. And he's going to be trying the Alexa eavesdropping. Yes. So see if he can yes. um, can get a brass instrument for his birthday. Mm-hmm. And uh, he reminded me that um, Chris Barber, who was a phenomenal uh, trombone player, passed away earlier in March, which I hadn't oh. spotted. I was fortunate enough to see him at um, a j- outdoor jazz festival at uh, Rochester Castle many, many, many years ago. That sounds uh, cool. With with Kenny Ball, who I'm convinced did have a wig on. <laughs> it was an awful lot of hair. If you've seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, when the uncle turns up with the wig on, he looks a little bit like that. I think he catches fire in the in the film. But uh, yeah, so yeah, so sad to hear about that. But uh, again, you know, ripe old age, life well lived. And whilst we're talking about people passing away, and of course, Sabine Smith passed away, who's known for Top Gear. Um, yes. And Johnny Dumfries, an ex-Formula One driver. So it's been a pretty grotty few weeks for um, various people going. So uh, mm. let's, let's hope for happier times. Anyway, I was sent an amusing story by somebody we can refer to as Mr. T. I hope it's not Mr. T from the A-Team because he's <coughs> um, he quite, uh, quite muscly and uh, 
quite angry most of the time, I think. So <laughs> well, let's hope it's not him. So this was following on from our chat about smoke alarms last week. Yes. And his story goes, many years ago when my son was about nine months old, mm. we went to Ireland to see family. On the way back, we stopped overnight in Anglesey. The following day, we decided to take the scenic route back through Snowdonia. Here's where the mistake happens, quite frankly. After half an hour, after turning off the fast route, he decided to start screaming. We could do nothing to proclaim him until he nodded off about 10 minutes from home. Now, we did have a similar episode driving back from Derby once. And it is, it's just as you're driving like a lunatic trying to get home because... A, your child's obviously quite distressed about something. You're quite distressed because there is so, so much screaming. noise in the car. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so inevitably, just as you get to the outskirts of your hometown, it stops. So having driven for six hours in circumstances of extreme stress, we walked in home and the alarm was going off. I couldn't turn it off as one would expect. And despite Mrs. T telling me it was a smoke alarm, I ploughed on regardless. I opened the alarm box which naturally set off the real alarm, and strangely, closing it didn't stop the real alarm. The only thing to do was to cut the wires around the box, which I probably did. The alarm kept going. It's now 11pm, and we're disturbing basically the whole of the town. I go outside to cut the wires to the bell box. It's still going. So the only answer was to open the box and remove the bell from the unit. So at last it stopped, presumably with its little clapper going having nothing to bang on so eventually having trashed the house alarm i listened to mrs t and checked the smoke alarms the battery on one of them was dead so a new d-sized battery sorted it out oh dear mr t i felt cutting wires is a drastic move well the problem is at that time of night you're tired Mm. from having had quite a stressful journey you just want the thing to shut up yeah you think it's the best thing but of course all these wires have an added protection in them and uh, and off it will go. I, I did a similar thing when we had the old alarm here taken out. I went up to remove the bell box, took the the cover off the alarm box, and off it went. Um, and that was. And when you're on the top of a ladder, that's not, not what you pleasant. want. <laughs> no. no, and fairly early in the morning as well. So yes, I, I feel for you there. But um, I think probably the advice I would give is listen to Mrs. T. Yes. And I had a message from the Screaming Tomato down in, in Australia who um, just said, oh, I should have mentioned that Harrods did in fact burn down once. Obviously, they've been cautious ever since. Mm. So, uh, yes. That's so why that they have explains the explains the, the, their own fire service. And he was telling me about the uh, the floods they're having around Sydney at the moment. And his son was caught up in one. Um, fortunately, everybody's okay, but um, it's quite alarming. Uh, they were talking about some monstrous rise in level of the rivers, which doesn't seem to have quite happened so it's a little bit less than they they were fearing but it's still still pretty mm. horrible so uh, our thoughts go out to you all in australia who are suffering at the moment so i had an interesting email from a friend of mine with a little app called zoom escaper <laughs> he needed that today <laughs> i did yeah probably did actually uh, and it's a simple tool to help you escape Zoom meetings and other video conferencing scenarios, or nightmares as we mm. tend to call them. It allows you to self-sabotage sabotage, that's not an easy <laughs> word to say, is it? It's not. Your audio stream, making your presence unbearable to others. The irony is the person that sent it to me is pretty unbearable on a Zoom conference anyway. <laughs> 
so it doesn't really need it. But apparently there's all sorts you could do. You can slow down the internet so you're just jittering all the time and apply some static to your voice and all sorts. So presumably people just don't invite you anymore. Yeah. So. Just ask you to leave. Please yes, leave until it's yes. sorted. Fortunately, it doesn't work on um, on the Squadcast. So yeah. you're hearing us as we mm. are. Uh, one other thing from this week is a video sent by wife of grumpy oh, today <laughs> with a a duck quacking that sounds like it's laughing now, like due it's to hysterically our, laughing it's hysterically now due to our incompetence we can't play it as we're recording but i'm going to i'm going to play it now <laughs> And I, it still, you know, it still tickles me. That's the fourth or fifth time. And you, you're, <laughs> uh, it literally, I burst out laughing as I watched that video. And I needed to go to the toilet, and I was sat on the sofa, uh, crying. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. It was, it really, I don't know why I found it so funny, I, I, but it just really got so... me. Really, yes. I, well, I'll post the link as well because you sort of have to see the duck as well as, yeah. as part of it. But I, I heard it from. Up, I was upstairs and Wife of Grumpy was downstairs. Obviously received it and played it. Mm. And I can hear this thing. I thought, what on earth's that? And we have geese flying over every mm. now and then. And I thought, oh, it's one of those. It's obviously a bit poorly. Uh, but no, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It obviously been on the. And maybe it's the one that does the Smith Smith oh, Sip Smith Gin. Though it's a goose, though not a That's duck. That's a goose, yeah. Yeah, so it's not that at all. No, no don't forget. <laughs> So I suppose with all the house excitement, there's no other news from your end of the microphone? No, not really. I mean, I forgot to put my name on when I logged on and it's named me Self-Disciplined Speaker, which is probably the first time I've ever been called that. So it's clearly a lie. (laughs) I'm not self-disciplined when it comes to speaking. Hence the name Lippy. (laughs) Yes, very, very true. Yes. Well, I had a fairly quiet weekend. We went and had um, jabs over in Crawley. Mm. And uh, I didn't do any. Oh, I did a bit of work in the afternoon. That's right. And then Sunday we were a little bit achy and a bit, a little bit tired. So we we took it very easy and watched lots of films. Yeah. We did some from the eighties, which were absolutely cracking. It was well, we sort of planned to do that anyway. Mm. Um, not planned to do anything. So you know, if we were able to do stuff, but um, yeah, that's all sort of cleared up now. So, but it was a was quite a quiet weekend. Although I have finally managed to find the right size bowl, bulb rather, for the ashtray on the Mazda. So I'm quite pleased. That's taken a couple of weeks to work that one out. <laughs> What's worrying me is when I was, when I was searching for it, lots of people said, oh no, it's really distracting. I just took it out. So I put it in and I have to remove it again. So, uh, really distracting. Well, for some unknown reason, it lights up the ashtray. And I, I can only make it's a 1991 car, so I hope presumably. You'd be a cigarette in it. Maybe. Well, possibly, but um, I thought it'd be be a nice green glow from the centre of the mm. car. So, and it's there it makes it original, which is quite important on this yes, car. Yes. So we'll, we'll wait and see. But I think weather dependent, we'll have a bit of fun with the other window this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> that one may take a bit longer. Uh, this one should be easier, to be honest, because it. I can actually wind the window down far enough to get at the bolts to get the glass out, which the other one was a bit tricky. Okay. So that does make a difference. But well, you're glazing over now, so I'm going to stop talking yeah. about cars. <laughs> Famous last words. Should be easy. So you had an interesting topic for this week. I did. Well, I, I don't know. It came, It just popped into my brain. Um, 
And you messaged me saying, oh, have you got anything that maybe we could use as a topic to chat about? And this honestly was the first thing that came into my head was, is giving flowers a bit morbid? (laughs) It is an interesting question. Yeah, I thought so. You thought it was a bit of a snowflake comment, but I like you do just watch them die. Yes, it has crossed my mind oddly in the last few weeks about that thinking actually that's quite an odd thing to do Mm. i mean it's obviously not in the same league but it does sort of smack of um killing animals for their fur coats yeah and i love getting flowers like tulips are my favorite if anyone wants to buy me some but yeah i'm also really bad at throwing flowers away because they're quite big and we don't have a very big bin so like it's, they're awkward and you'll bend them and normally by the time they're getting ready to get thrown they smell a bit funny as well yes they do so i'm just so bad at flowing flo- <laughs> throwing the flowers away that they just sit there dead on the table for about a week well you'd like to get your money's worth i suppose yeah exactly there are i think there are some ways of improving the light or lengthening the life of the flowers mm, changing the water really, it's a good one definitely uh, but also when you take the f- flowers out so you're not using the vase is to uh, wash it in a little bit of bleach the flowers no not with the flowers in it so when you throw the flowers away before you put the next lot in just soak it in a little bit of bleach because the the dying flowers leave chemicals in the vase which then affect the next one it's a bit like if you have a fruit Mm. bowl with bananas and other fruits the the bananas tend to accelerate the ripening of the other fruit oh i see and actually you can do that with tomatoes apparently if you've got green tomatoes put them in a bag with a with a banana and it will ripen the tomatoes quicker i did not know that about bananas yeah all sorts of things i saw somebody putting um a banana under oh no it's banana skin under the uh, freshly planted plant surely that would slip I, i've no, I, you know i have this <laughs> discussion with wife of grumpy on a at least once a month that I've never, ever seen anybody slip on a banana skin. There are no reported incidences of it. Well, when I'm allowed round to the house next, I'm going to hide banana skins everywhere and then we'll see if you fall over. That's ridiculous. But they buried the banana skin and then put the plants on top of it. So, the, Oh, okay. The, so it's not yeah. directly on top of the banana skin. Well, it is, but the plant's not going to slip because it's in the ground. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant a plant pot. I didn't say I was pot. Thinking- well, oh, just because you didn't say it doesn't mean my brain didn't say it to me. This is the issue I have. <laughs> well, it's one of the many issues. <laughs> anyway, moving on. I think I quite like the idea of bringing the flowers into the house. Although mm. with various hay fever sufferers, that's, that's quite tricky. But I think actually seeing them outside, having them outside is mm. much nicer. One of the, well, the allotment opposite mine as uh, a fairly elderly lady has had that for many many years and she tends to go there very early in the morning so if i pop down to water stuff for work she's often there and her the flowers that she grows are just incredible and she mm. says to me oh i think it's such a waste to grow flowers and i said no they're, they're a yeah. they're beautiful and b they attract bees and mm. pollination other insects and yeah we need you know we need the bees to do that and interestingly i was looking at reading an article about what flowers to plant with vegetables so geraniums, for example, next to tomatoes are good because they they either attract the things to the plant, I can't remember what it is, or they 
distract them. Well, I grew tomatoes once, the first year I was there, and I got these things. This old boy tonight said, oh, you got tomatoes? I went, yeah. So looking forward to those. He says, can't grow tomatoes here. We're not blight. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. Well, what do you know? Yeah. Man. <laughs> How so long anyways, have you been doing this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, so the gr- the tomatoes grew and they were gloriously red. And I went down there one day and they'd all been taken by blight. What is blight? And it, it's, um, it tends to happen in damp conditions. It's a disease of the plant. Oh. Um, and it is so bad you can't use the plant as compost. You have to throw it away or burn it. Oh, God. Um, and apparently, I mean, ver- well, a few people have grown tomatoes there. But um, it is, it's quite damp, the air is quite mm, damp, and it's, it's clay, it. so it's quite clacky. Anyway, we just sort of got off on a little bit of a tangent. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I was reading this, and I found this, um, it was saying borage for strawberries, which is a beautiful blue plant that you can mm. eat as well. And I, I'm sure I have seen it in salads, maybe on the television. Mm. Oh, so like little, little blue flowers it comes out as. Yes, yeah, so like, a little bit like a yeah. star anise, if you think of a star yes. anise, but in, but in blue. Yes, um, people and use more cake good. as well. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Mm. So I thought, oh, I'll get a packet of those. And um, I had a quick look. And for my sins, I went on to Amazon and found them there. I thought, oh, well, next day, that'll be good. I'll get those. So they arrived, and all of the instructions are in Chinese. <laughs> Can't you just Google the instructions, though? Yes, but yeah. it was quite funny. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm going to grow some of those around strawberries, and I think I might put some at home as well, mm. um, which would be quite nice. So... You can eat those. Um, but whilst I was looking at this, they were talking about taking the borage flowers indoors in a vase. And I can't remember who it was. It might have been Sarah Raven who was saying that you, you cut the stem and then you bung it in boiling water for 10 seconds and then in cold water and it seals the end somehow, which I would have thought would have made it. Stops it drinking then, doesn't it? Yeah, I would have thought so, but I, I don't know. Maybe it drinks rather bits but uh, yeah so that was that was quite interesting that needs to be freshly cut rather than i would imagine yeah not mm. not stuff from the garage yes yeah see i we, i love flowers but i'm not a gardener like i cannot keep a plant alive to save my life like, i tried this summer because we had the time and i potted them all nicely with lots of space and I got the right pots that had like drainage and stuff and and they're all dead did you water them yeah but then I think they got overwatered. Well, that can be as in bad winter, as winter, and then yeah. they die. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with them now. I just pull them out and start again in the summer. Well, some of them only last a year. Don't forget. Yeah, I think I need to find some low maintenance plants because we've got ones. one of the money plants, the ones with the mm. you plait the stems, um, and he's been alive for ages. We named him Monty. He's great. That'll be a low watering one, I guess. Yes, it is. Yeah. But I do remember to water him, even though it's a low watering mm. one. But yeah, he's got quite big now, actually. Our little Morty. Excellent. But you'll need a whole van for him when you move. He's going in the front seat with a seatbelt on. Jolly really good. Very, <laughs> Along very with our good blue... Person. Actually, the only other thing that we've been able to keep alive is our blueberry plant. And this will be yeah. the third year we've had it. Oh, no, it can't be. Or it'll be the third time it... Um, produces blueberries mm. but it's he started blooming his little flowers already oh, right. you can see them starting coming through oh we've had so much success with our blueberry plant and the blueberries are so good oh that's interesting because i've had i planted blueberry bushes at the allotment but i think the soil was too um alkaline 
So mm. they've not done at all. So I've taken them out and I've put them in pots of ericaceae. So it'd be interesting to see if they take yeah. I, th- I think they're probably gone, but they seem to be still hanging on, which yeah, is good. Yeah, he lives in a pot and we specifically bought soil for blueberry plants. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he just lives. He's great. I don't even... In the summer, we water him a little bit, but not a much. He prefers rain to water, but he doesn't die yeah. because we give him tap water in the summer, which is good, because I thought he mm. might by accident. It depends a little bit on your water. But yeah, if you can water them with rainwater, that's so much the better. Yeah. Because the other thing with flowers are flower shops and florists, which you don't see so many of nowadays. We've still got one in the village. Uh, mm. When I worked in Great Bookham, there was one just a little bit up, further up the high street, and that was brilliant. It was a small shop, but it had so much colour in it. Mm. It, was, it was, and they smell so good, flower shops. Yes, they do, and they're, they're always so good at presenting them. That's the thing. Yeah. They just bang, bang, bang. I thought, well, what do you want? I just like some really nice colour. Okay, bang, 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 mm. and, and it's done. And I, I know. didn't know a florist once many years ago um, in Tunbridge Wells, and. He always claimed he'd make make much money from it, but he managed to support his wife's motor racing career through yeah. it. Yeah, I think it was Formula First or Formula Ford at the time. I, I, I don't know what That's impressive. To them. But yeah, uh, and yeah. he would get, I mean, it was a big shop as well, and he would get mm. lorry loads of flowers coming in from, from Holland and across the continent every week. Um, yeah, really my friend's a, a florist. She, owns, oh, right, well, she okay. used to own her own floristry. She's retired now. She's a lot older than me. That well, obviously she's still retired. My friend, yeah, <laughs> either a lot older or a lot she's, richer. I met her at work, which is why. <laughs> but yeah, she and she said it's it's hard work being yeah. a florist. Like it's early mornings because you have to get up and you have to pick all the good flowers and and like if you don't sell it, you're just losing. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, which is why weddings yeah. are so good because weddings use loads of flowers. Oh. But so many florists this year would have been um, probably closed because they do rely a certain amount on weddings yeah and they would have lost all that business this year yes i mean hence the rise of on more online flower deliveries of which there's a was a lot advertised just up to mother in sunday yes i would imagine they've they filled a bit of a gap but um yes well hopefully they'll be open again soon and can Mm. start yeah i have some very pretty flowers currently on my table so one last thing on flowers are you suggesting that people shouldn't send them to you no i love flowers and i would like them but it was just a thought that crossed my mind in the moment that was like uh it's a little bit morbid because you do i think because my flowers although they look lovely i had to replace the water because they started to droop and now they've picked up again and i was thinking oh they're gonna die if i don't do something in a second (laughs) yes quite yes so maybe it's more of a looking after thing than uh, than anything else Mm. Anyway, I want to talk about something a bit different. I'll yeah. talk about passwords, which oh, is no. always a bit of a bee for mine. <laughs> and um, we we have certain members of our family use absolutely dreadfully short passwords and for every website imaginable. So mm-hmm. it has been a bit of an uphill struggle, to be honest. Uh, and interestingly, one of the one of the attacks can that can take place is a brute force attack. So where a hacker will have a bit of a script or piece of software that will just constantly try different combinations of letters or words and numbers and what have you and previously it's taken quite a while to do this and i have to say before i go into this that most websites and pieces of software will detect it if they're seeing lots Mm. of attempts you know maybe 10 failed attempts they will lock the account so a lot of this doesn't really apply 
to be honest but there will be some out there that you can carry on for you know weeks and weeks and weeks and it won't locked out so it all depends and the problem is once you've got one password associated maybe with an email address then people tend to try other accounts because you know if you share email addresses then it's, it's a good way in so anyway so i found this chart um and it says uh so the hardware to do a brute force attack has got faster since 2015 so if you have a seven character password consisting of numbers and upper and lowercase letters mm. how long do you think it will take to crack that how long a password seven characters seven. a mixture of numbers upper and lowercase letters three minutes you're not far off it's one minute that is quick though it is quick isn't it yeah it is quick. So what you have to do it takes is takes me one to... minute to enter my password normally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, that's, that's very true. I've got uh, one password I've used for many years, and um, if you get the master password wrong, it can take you a minute to get to. Oh, what did I do wrong? <laughs> um, <laughs> so yes, the way around this, yes, as we know, the way around this is either more characters, preferably, or adding uh, symbols into it as well. So if you take that up to ten characters and add symbols in as well as numbers and upper and lowercase letters, then we're at five years. That's interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this is, I don't know how they calculate this, because it could be the first one they try. <laughs> yeah, because it is trial and <laughs> yeah. error, isn't it? <laughs> because it is trial and error. So I, this is either on average or, or how long it would take to get through all of the combinations. Mm. I suspect it's the latter, actually. So you could be unlucky, it could be the first one. Yes, it is interesting. And, and there are moves away from passwords. Um, but it's, it's so ingrained into everything that we use. It's, mm. it's hard to see how that, that will work. Um, there's things, these odd sort of key things that you can use. And obviously adding two-factor authentication where you can is, is, is much better. Mm. Because if somebody wants to get in, they've got to have your phone as well. Yeah, a lot of token. like all my banking apps have that now where they send you a yeah. text with a code and you enter the code. And a lot of other things do that now as well still. Yes, they do. Well, I, I always try and turn it on where I can. So mm. too fast. And there's a app on the phone. I've got one called Authy. And there's, there's several of them where you, you scan in a QR code mm. um, and that sets something up and then you verify you've got the right thing. And then every now and then you ask for, a, I think it's a six-digit code has a time expiracy of something like 30 seconds oh speaking of qr codes i we ha i had the coolest thing yesterday to do with the house obviously you have to go through fraud like searches oh yes yeah so there's this company now that do it all through an app so you click on it they give you a, your code enter your code i always do passport because it gets it's more you're more likely to be approved when it's your passport yes yeah. I don't know why, but it is. So you take a picture of the passport and then you place your phone on top of your closed passport and it scans the thing that it obviously scans when you're in the airport and you go through the self-service um, doors. So it scans that and then it brings up your passport picture, like the, pa the name you have on your passport. I was so impressed that my phone could do that. It's called NFC or Near Field Communication. Yeah. And if you look in the passport, there's a I think there's a little loop you can see somewhere, mm. um, which is it, so it's inert basically and has yeah. information in it. Um, so your phone access that, and, and there's, there's a lot you can do with that sort of stuff. So you can have um, 
little discs on your front door just inside so as you come in you could tap your phone against that and that would then maybe turn the music on or do this that and the other there's all sorts of odd sorts of automation you can do it's a it's a really interesting technology mm-hmm. um and yeah so it's, it's, it's a similar sort of thing but what a great use of it yeah it made my so day literally it. yeah because i remember last year when we did the fraud process it took it like it was so much information i had to fill out and just typing my passport number just annoys me because i'm like it takes so long <laughs> so yeah it took me five minutes i really enjoyed it yeah so the when we've been skiing the mm. lift passes they use the same technology oh. so you can actually read what's on the card which is quite interesting. That I mean, is. normally it's it's a number, which yeah. then gets validated against whether or not you've paid for that day. But mm. uh, yeah, there's all all sorts of things you can do with that. But worryingly, though, if you if you had some sort of app on there and you put it on somebody else's passport, have you now sucked up all those details? I don't know. I oh, presumably not actually. Presumably there's a code in there, same as the ski pass. Actually, there's a code, which then the fraud people's app uses to go back to the passport company. Yeah, passport must company, be. Passport office. Yeah. Yeah, it must be that. <laughs> passport company. Yeah, sorry, I, there was a there was an episode of Hustle building mm. in my mind there where you did something, uh, something yeah. pretty atrocious with other people's passports, but mm. uh, no, not to me. But to, and then once I'd sent it off, I now can't re-access it. Oh, interesting. It's all gone now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's, that's good. Mm. Anyway, have you got a top tip for this week? I do. Is it from the lippy brain? It's from the lippy brain. Oh, fantastic. It's made me laugh. If anyone listens to this who I'm meant to be seeing in the next few months, like, don't take anything personally. It just came into my head and I thought it was really funny. <laughs> but obviously, we start, like, as of next week, I think it is, you can meet up outside of group six and then you can meet other people. But there is still people we don't really want to see. But, like, they're part of the friendship group, so you're going to have to see them at some point. And it's actually been quite a nice year to not be social for some people. Obviously, some people love being really social, but I I like to stay at home in my comfies and do absolutely nothing at the same time as seeing people sometimes. So my top tip is that if you have to see someone that you don't particularly get on with or you just don't merge gel with gel that's the one turn it into a drinking game pick something about what they say or that's maybe slightly annoys you or that they say a lot and then every time they do that drink you might be annoyed but at least you'll be drunk do you think they might spot it though no probably not really depends it depends what you pick to drink to seem to remember doing that with a friend of ours that had watched too much Peaky Blinders. Yes. But he didn't notice, I don't think. No, he did. He'd been given the tip off, which is what? why we were slightly pie-eyed by the end of the evening and he was none the wiser. He'd actually <laughs> managed to, to pull that off, which is amazing for the most gullible man alive. Mm. I quite like that. I have to say the prospect of going out and all of a sudden everything going on is quite overwhelming. Yeah. I have to say, I don't think I can... I think you need to do it slowly. I yeah, definitely. A gradual release from lockdown is probably... The best way, anyway. Probably the best thing. Yeah, um, I'm seeing some friends on the Easter weekend and we're going to a park and we're going to have a little catch-up. But mm. in my head now, that's April done. I'm not seeing anyone else. 
I'm good. That's my socialness for the April. One a month. Yeah, one a month. Absolutely fine. We've just signed up for a mile of minis in Oxford on the 23rd of May. Mm. And we thought we might... um, we might stay over in Oxford somewhere, but of course the hotel's only open on the seventeenth at the moment, so oh, it's a bit yeah. brinkmanship. That is a bit. Mm. So we might be sleeping in the back of a mini. <laughs> I don't think you <laughs> could do that. Don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, you can't even put the seat all the way back. But uh... take the trailer. Yeah, so that... One of you in the trailer. Yeah, that's true. I might have taken the tow bar off the mini. I was, I was yeah. going to sell the trailer last year and then then didn't because of. And actually, I might turn it into a garden seat, but that's another story. That's, another story. <laughs> that's a completely different story. So, uh, yes, drinking games always quite good fun. Mm. I noticed there was one for Line of Duty, which started again on uh, Sunday. Various sayings that go that go on. We're sucking diesel or supping diesel. I think it was one of them, which I, I don't Sweet. think I ever heard. But um, it, it was great. I had a look on uh, Twitter on Monday morning. And there's so many theories on there that it's just it's just make your mm. head explode where people have Absolutely, really overthought yeah. it. But it, what a brilliant! I mean, it's uh, yeah, some people don't like it, but it's a great ecosystem of um, overthinking. People get so excited about their theories as well. They're like, it's they, definitely they right. <laughs> definitely right. Yes. Um, I mean, there was two that sprung to mind. One was a set of golf clubs in the back of shot in one of the mm. policemen's offices. People going, he's the caddy, he's the caddy, because that was a character from the first series. And the other one was apparently when Steve Arnott's um, meeting Kate, he's parked in his car outside the police gates and he flashed his lights four times. And that's the uh, Morse code for H, which of course is the the, the evil mastermind between the, mm. uh, the organised crime groups. So uh, I can't believe it's good old Steve Arnott. He can't be H, surely. <laughs> Not possible. It wouldn't make sense. But it's great having it uh, week by week and not being able to binge it. Yeah, definitely. It's the excitement again. I think with every with being able to watch so much instantly, it kind of takes away the whole like build up of like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen, and the possibility of theories because people watch it all in one go and then ruin it for everyone else by posting like, that's wrong. Like this is what happens. Absolutely, and yeah, they're great. And then you combine that with what you know it was on twitter as well and it's mm. uh, you know you can you can stretch it out to a week yeah definitely anyway i've got a fun fact yes well i think it's a fun fact anyway we'll see we'll see so a, a couple of weeks ago i talked about a map that showed the most common export from different com- countries oh, yeah. not companies countries so it's from the same place as that it's from visualcapitalist.com so it talks about the a map of the world so what we would associate normally is a sort of a flattened globe on there. And what it does is it takes the map as we know it, and that dates to 1569, so it's been around a long, long while. Um, and then it reduces the size of the countries to their actual size. So in 1569, so the great cartographer, as he's known as, MacArthur, so he basically unwrapped the earth, so a bit like unwrapping a Terry's chocolate orange, Oh yeah. Think of that. So his plan was to have to make nautical navigation very easy. So lines of longitude and latitude would be would be straight, basically. Mm. In order to do that, he had to fill in the gaps. So if you imagine you're taking a country from 
particularly those uh, towards the north and the South Pole. It's going to expand greatly by the time you get it on the page. To, to the point where you look at a map and Russia and Canada take up about 25% of the Earth, yeah. whereas in reality it's only 5%. Ooh. So they're grossly oversized on what we would associate with a map. But it's incredible that we've been using that same map since 1569. Mm. I mean, it's astonishing. And Russia is tiny compared to what you see on a map. That is really interesting, actually. It, it is, and I'll put the link on there. And and the the visual change is, is quite remarkable. It is, it's very good. Obviously, closer to the equator, there's less change. And interestingly, Australia doesn't change much. And I know that actually is probably f- closer to the equator than we tend to think it is. Mm. So it tends to be the, the northern, the European, and I mean, Greenland is tiny compared. I mean, it's, it always thought that was enormous on the map. I thought Greenland actually, was big. No, it's not. It's really Ooh, quite small. I need to re-educate my geography. Well, no, because you've you've we've all been brought up with these maps, mm. unless you look at a globe, and then it's it's quite hard for the brain to work out what the size would be from a globe. And I have actually got a globe in the office here, so I might try and take a photo of that yeah. and uh, put that up as well. So I thought that was really interesting. That is, an in- that is actually very interesting. I'm going to have a look at that. And it begs a question. Yeah, it begs a question about how you could actually produce a more precise map. Yeah. And whether you could do it, but then you would lose the the longitude and latitude being straight. Yeah, it would have to be like curved, like a smiley face. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Which uh, was possibly a bit much in fifteen sixty nine, but yeah, (laughs) you would imagine we could cope with it now. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye.